On today's episode of Locked On Oilers, the preview against the lottery late in Chicago Blackhawks, the genius behind the 11-7, and the beast of the week. All that and much more in today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers Podcast. I am your host and former Oilers game day producer Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, we're going to start off with the preview of the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks as the Blackhawks come into town after a big win in Calgary for a game on Hockey Night in Canada. We will talk about that in just a second. But also on today's episode, the genius behind the 11-7 and why the Edmonton Oilers have so much success with it. We have some underlying numbers that really speak to the six game win streak and the seven game streak of getting points with the 11-7. That'll come up a little later on. And to wrap up today's episode, the beast of the week. And today, this beast was actually a star in the NHL already. And he kept his stardom going this week. We will talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Where we are going to start today is with the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks. As mentioned, they get a massive 5-1 win in Calgary over the Calgary Flames as they improve to 15-28-4 as they are in the battle for the lottery for Connor Bedard. It has been quite an interesting battle as of late for, I guess, the Blackhawks and the uh, Blue Jackets. But the Edmonton Oilers had practice today in some pretty interesting line changes for the Oilers at practice. And if you're a fan of Dylan Holloway, it's time to look now. Let's take a look at the Edmonton Oilers lines because Dylan Holloway is skating on the top line with Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. Uh, we'll talk about that situation in a second. Good things coming out of Dylan Holloway. We'll see just how much time he gets with McDavid. We will talk about that as mentioned in a second. Buddy Vander Kane, Leon Dreisaitl, and Derek Ryan are the second line. A lot of success for that line recently. Uh, another line we'll talk about in a bit. But Clem Costin, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Matthias Janmark make up the third line for the Oilers. A lot of success for that line. And at uh, practice, Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod, and yes, Puliarvi skated together. However, I do not expect Puliarvi to play in this one. I say Fogel and McLeod will make up the 11th for, well, 10th and 11th forward 
in this game against the Blackhawks. The defense stays the same for the Oilers with the 11-7 lineup. Darnell Nurse with Cody Ceci, Brett Kulak and Tyson Berry. Evan Bouchard and Philip Broberg make up the third pairing and Vincent DeHarnay, the seventh defenseman. I expect Jack Campbell to get the start for the Oilers in this one uh, just to get a start before the uh, All-Star break and the bye week for the Edmonton Oilers to get his feet underneath him. Now, uh, we'll talk about those lines in just a second, more specifically Holloway with uh, McDavid, uh, Kane, Dreisaitl, and Ryan, and I do want to talk about a little bit DeHarnay as well. Uh, or, excuse me, I want to talk about Campbell, but we will talk about DeHarnay in our next segment as well. But let's take a look at the Chicago Blackhawks line as Jonathan, or lines, excuse me, as Jonathan Taves is day-to-day, it sounds like, it is undisclosed. I'm not really going to speculate. Wink, wink, nod, nod. But either way, the Chicago Blackhawks line up like this. Andreas Athanasiu alongside Jason Dickinson and Patrick Kane. Uh, Philip Kurashev, Max Domi, and Taylor Radish make up the second line. Blackwell Lafferty, who may be a target for the Edmonton Oilers at the trade deadline, maybe a player to watch for the Oilers, uh, for Oilers fans, I should say, excuse me, on Saturday. Uh, Blackwell, Lafferty, and Mackenzie Entwistle make up the third line. Boris Kachuk, Reese Johnson, and Luke Philp, University of Alberta Golden Bear alumni, got his first NHL point uh, against the Calgary Flames. On, I believe it was the fifth goal as well. So getting his third game in the NHL, his brother Noah plays for the Bakersfield Condors as well. So the other night, Bakersfield Condors, Noah Philp, a goal as well. Same night as Derek Ryan, as mentioned, a lot of University of Alberta uh, ties there. But the defense for the Chicago Blackhawks, Jake McCabe and Seth Jones make up the top pairing. Jack Johnson and Connor Murphy, the second pairing. Caleb Jones, former Edmonton Oiler, and Ian Mitchell on the third pairing. And Jackson Stauber, I believe his third NHL start potentially for the Blackhawks uh, as he did play against the Calgary Flames, getting a win there. If I'm not mistaken, his save percentage is above 940 or something like that. So a pretty good start to his NHL career for Jackson Stauber, now that is kind of the thing for the Chicago Blackhawks this year. Kind of uh, FC opportunity, if uh, I do say so myself. If you are looking for a chance to crack into the NHL, Chicago Blackhawks, Columbus Blue Jackets, Arizona Coyotes, those types of teams are giving you opportunities to go out there and show what you're worth. But let's talk about some of those lines for the Edmonton Oilers. Let's start with Dylan Holloway playing alongside Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. Jay Woodcroft said the other day that the more uh, Dylan Holloway is focusing on his defensive work, the more time he will get on the ice. And the little things that he does in his game, the more time he will get on the ice. And it seems like he has done something that has caught uh, Coach Woodcroft's eye to put him on the top line. Now, another thing to remember in this situation is that this also doesn't promise that he'll play full-time first-line min- uh, first minutes. Look at what happened with Kaleem Costin. He got a chunk of minutes with Connor McDavid, 
and a chunk of minutes with McDavid and Hyman, but it really tapered off as the game went on. So probably expect something like that to be seen with Holloway, but the ability to have that time skating with Connor McDavid is very important. We'll see what he can do. The last time he started with Connor McDavid in a game against the Anaheim Ducks, I believe first shift goal. So uh, good for Dylan Holloway there. We'll see what he can do. Now Evander Kane, Leon Dreisaitl, and Derek Ryan make up the third line. Leon Dreisaitl and Derek uh, Ryan have had a lot of success together, especially as of late. Throw in another two-way forward in the likes of Evander Kane, one of the better defensive forwards for the Edmonton Oilers, especially quietly, and a guy in their own end in Evander Kane. That is a line that can transition well, play well, as mentioned, in their own end, and go into the dirty areas and potentially at least create opportunities. That is what I like about that line. We have seen also in some of those advanced stats what they have done with the expected goals four and the goals against per 60 minutes so that has been a line I have liked we'll see once Kyler Yamamoto comes back who was skating with the Edmonton Oilers for the last couple of days he's not able to come off of uh, LTIR or IR I believe I believe he's on LTIR uh, f until February 12th so still a little bit of time until we see uh, Kyler Yamamoto in a full again top six for the Edmonton Oilers but Derek Ryan has done a very good job of fitting in there. Again, that 11-7 will allow for a little bit of a rotation for the Edmonton Oilers with their wingers, with their uh, centermen, so uh, that does help. So we'll see how the Oilers deploy their lines against the Blackhawks. Now, I wanted to mention Jack Campbell. I expect Jack Campbell to start. Uh, the Oilers are kind of throwing a bit of a smoke screen as to who will start for the Oilers on Saturday. The goaltenders each played in the starter net excuse me audio listeners I just hammered the microphone uh, but uh, they uh, they both started in the starters net or played in the starters net during practice so we'll see what comes of it I as I mentioned I expect Jack Campbell to get a start before uh, the all-star break starts and before the bye week for the Edmonton Oilers or he will have a long time off. Either way, the Edmonton Oilers face off against the Blackhawks tomorrow night, 8 o'clock puck drop at Rogers Place. Hockey night in Canada, baby. Before the Edmonton Oilers are off to the all-star break and their bye week. It'll be the last Oilers game for a very long time. But... Before the All-Star break, the Edmonton Oilers are on a seven-game streak of getting at least one point, and they look to make it eight against the Chicago Blackhawks. But why have the Edmonton Oilers had so much success with the 11-7 over the last seven games? Well, we have numbers and a couple of reasons why the Edmonton Oilers are having so much success, and we will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first 
$5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Plus, FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line the point spread to player props plus you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay we've been talking about the afc and nfc championship this weekend we all know the world super final super final i was gonna say world cup final then i came up with the super final we all know the super bowl that i want We want the Niners, we want the Bengals, but the over-under in the Bengals-Chiefs game is currently sitting at 48. That is a 28-21 score. It's minus 110 right now for the 48, over-under on the 48. With Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, we can go on with the stars. I don't know, 48 may be a pretty achievable number. Either way, you can do it all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel the official sportsbook partner of the nfl all righty moving on to the 11-7 method for the edmonton oilers as the edmonton oilers in their last seven games have deployed the 11 forwards and seven defensemen tactic And in seven of those games, the Oilers have captured 13 of a possible 14 points and have clawed back to be in a battle not only for the top three in the Pacific Division, but top spot in the Pacific Division isn't too far off. But why is the 11-7 so helpful and so successful for the Edmonton Oilers? Well... The first reason is that guys like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, are able to play more minutes. You need to have a center in the middle of each of those lines, and you're going to have four wingers basically each time you go out there for the Edmonton Oilers. So that means you got to put out a centerman, and the Edmonton Oilers centermen are Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Ryan McLeod as well. Though that middle four is arguably the best in the NHL. And the ability to match up all of those players to the wingers that the Edmonton Oilers have with the Zach Hyman and Evander Kane, Kaleem Costin and Matthias Janmark, uh, Dylan Holloway and, and um, Kyler Yamamoto when he's healthy. The Edmonton Oilers have the ability to go out there and put out combinations that make sense that have played with each other for numerous, numerous, numerous minutes in the past. The Edmonton Oilers have about 40 different line combinations that have played at least 25 minutes together over uh, this season. And that also includes defensemen as well with the 11-7. Ryan Murray and Marcus Niemelainen are also included in those as well. The Edmonton Oilers are now having more success with the 11-7 because of one reason as well. 
Now, I, I, I don't want you to take this as I'm saying, this guy is the ringer, this is why the Edmonton Oilers are winning. But he is making the deployment of other players easier, making the Edmonton Oilers a better team overall. And that has been the call-up of Vincent Deharnay. There have been numerous numbers, 71 minutes for DeHarnay so far in the NHL over his first, whatever, stretch of the last couple of games. Vincent DeHarnay is successful for the Edmonton Oilers, not only because he is an absolute beast on the ice. If you dare to step in front of the Edmonton Oilers goal with Vincent DeHarnay on the ice, you are a bold person because he is not going to make it easy on you. That is a medieval battle in front of the net when Vincent DeHarnay is there. Vincent DeHarnay has also been able to skate, put the puck towards the net. But what Vincent DeHarnay does that helps the Edmonton Oilers in more ways than him even being on the ice is what he does on the penalty kill. Vincent DeHarnay has averaged a minute and 54 seconds on the power play since joining the Edmonton Oilers. A minute 54. That is almost an entire penalty. Basically an entire penalty. We can round up to two minutes. What does that mean? That means guys like Tyson Berry and uh, uh, Evan Bouchard don't have to be out on the ice in situations that make them vulnerable. You can, the same can be said about Matthias Janmark and Warren Fogel. Matthias Janmark, at the start of the season or in, in the first 42 games, averaged a minute 47 or a minute 57, excuse me, on the penalty kill for the Edmonton Oilers. Since the second half of the season started, he averages 2 minutes and 22 seconds. Warren Fogle in the first 42 games averaged 32 seconds on the penalty kill. He now averages a minute 15. Again, what does that mean? Tyson Berry uh, averaged in the first half of the season a minute or uh, 57 seconds, basically a minute. He now plays virtually never on the penalty kill, 0.01, so one second. He averages one second on the penalty kill every game. Went from averaging a minute to nothing at all. Leon Dreisaitl averaged 54 seconds on the penalty kill, now averages 23 seconds. Evan Bouchard averaged 57 seconds, now plays 22 seconds. Fresher legs for Leon Dreisaitl, who arguably may be fighting an injury again, depending on who you ask. Evan Bouchard, Tyson Berry aren't penalty killers. And without the ability to have somebody on the ice who can kill penalties, like a Vincent DeHarnay, the Edmonton Oilers were susceptible. Now they're not. Now you can also take two minutes off of time of Darnell Nurse, Cody Cece. All these guys who are carrying heavy minute loads are now able to not play as much. 
keep their legs for later on in the game. Also, a really great, great, great story on The Athletic uh, who did write this. Uh, Low Tide, again, another fantastic article by Low Tide. But the play at 5-on-5 for the Edmonton Oilers have also gotten better because of the 11-7. I want to read you some categories that the Edmonton Oilers have gotten better at. In the first 42 games, uh, or excuse me, in the last six games, I'll just cut this down. In the last six games, the Edmonton Oilers have gotten better numbers in 5-on-5 goal percentage, 5-on-5 goals per 60 minutes, uh, 5-on-5 shots per 60 minutes, Penalty kill goals against per 60 minutes. That went from a 10.78 down to a 1.84. An overall goal percentage that went from a 50.9 to a 70.5. Overall goals per 60 that went from a 3.48 to a 5.17. An overall goals against per 60 minutes. And an overall save percentage that went from zero or uh, 0.896 to 0.924. Want to talk about five on five time? Darnell Nurse and Vincent DeHarnay in 26 minutes together have a 0.7 expected goals against. Brett Kulak and Vincent DeHarnay have the exact same expected goals against per six or expected goals against, excuse me, at 0.7, and have a 3.79 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Two guys who are not very offensively gifted are producing offense when they are on the ice. Now Let's keep looking at the defense, Brett Kulak specifically. Brett Kulak with Cody Cece, 0.75 goals against per 60 minutes with just under 80 and a half minutes played together. Brett Kulak and Tyson Berry together, a 2.14 goals against per 60 minutes with 419 minutes together. And Brett Kulak and Vincent DeHarnay at a 2.37 goals against per 60 minutes with 25 and a half Minutes played together. Forwards, Clem Costin, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Matthias Janmark. We talked about their line recently, just how uh, successful they've been. Well, they have a 5.27 goals for per 60 minutes with 102 minutes game played, uh, or uh, 102 uh, minutes played, excuse me. And Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, and Derek Ryan, we talked about the importance of Derek Ryan, 4.34 goals for per 60 minutes and 41 and a half minutes played. Derek Ryan, one of those players who have played up and down the lineup, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan McLeod, same thing with Ryan McLeod. But you are also seeing the success in players like Dylan Holloway, Clem Costin, Matthias Janmark, and Brett Kulak. All because of the stability of the 11-7. I think the Edmonton Oilers should stay with, with the 11-7. What do you think of the 11-7? Do you think it's sustainable? Do you think guys like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl may kind of get tired. Not tired of the system, but just get tired later on in the year. 
Either way, what do you think? It helps the Edmonton Oilers defensively, evidently, and you can also score goals with the Lions. We, we talked about earlier this year, the big issue for the Oilers is depth scoring. Now, last game, Derek Ryan, Zach Hyman, only two players to score against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Dreisaitl McDavid don't get a goal, and the Oilers lose. Different story from earlier this year. Either way, let's wrap up today's episode with the Beast of the Week. We will talk about that in just a second. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with the Beast of the Week. It is Friday, so we know what that means. Uh, Zach... Hyman is the beast of the week. He was the first star in the NHL last week, and he kept it going. We're going to count the game against Vancouver since the Edmonton Oilers only had one game this week. So in two games played this week, two goals, uh, three assists, five points. And in that game against Vancouver, one goal, three assists, four points, had a point in each of the Edmonton Oilers, four goals. And against Columbus, he had the game or go ahead goal, almost the game winner against Columbus. And he's been so invaluable for the Edmonton Oilers. You take a look at the five on five numbers uh, for in the league, not only for the Edmonton Oilers, but in the entire league. And you take a look at who's at the top consistently, Zach Hyman is there. Assists, points, goals. It is all Zach Hyman. In fact, he's in battles with Austin Matthews at times. Sometimes you hear a lot of people go, including myself, go, oh, it's not fair to compare uh, Austin Matthews and, Con and uh, Zach Hyman. Fair enough. I agree with that. But when you take a look at some of the leaderboards, most of the time this season, the player that Zach Hyman is either closest to or having battles with has been Austin Matthews. So that shows the production uh, Zach Hyman has brought. He's already having career numbers all over the place in his uh, in this season. Has 25 goals this year. How realistic is 35? How realistic is 40 for Zach Hyman? So that's really great to see. I believe there's about 35 games left in the NHL season. So what's what's really realistic for a guy who goes out there, gets points at 5-on-5, five five, points on the power play, plays on the penalty kill for the Edmonton Oilers. I believe he has a shorthanded goal this year, if I'm not mistaken. So Zach Hyman, beast of the week, consistently showing why he has been Ken Holland's best UFA signing. Either way, let's wrap it up there. As mentioned, the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks face off in the final game before the All-Star break and the bye week for the Edmonton Oilers. A long time without an Edmonton Oilers game day. So enjoy it tomorrow. 8 o'clock puck drop at Rogers Place in Hockey Night in Canada. And hopefully we can go into the All-Star play All-Star break playing La Bomba Baby.